Welcome everybody to the business podcast where we pour out weekly business lessons from entrepreneurs and business owners from around the world. I'm your host, Super Joe Pardo, and my guest today is making his dreams come true by creating scalable resources for entrepreneurs. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are right now, I need you to give a big warm welcome to our guest, Bobby Clinic. Clinic? Clinic? Clink. Clink. Ah, there we go. I knew I was going to screw it up. Um, Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, I'm excited to have you here too, even though I completely messed up the intro. From some... It's okay. It's, it, you know, it's not the worst thing that'll happen to me today. I was about to say that you were the last person to depart from the miracle on the Hudson, but that was our last guest from last week. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would not have been the case. Anyway, Bobby, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? So, uh, happy to. I am an uh, online entrepreneur and a intellectual property lawyer in Washington, D.C. Uh, started my career as a lawyer doing a lot of different things. I've been doing uh, this kind of work for about a decade now or something close to that. Uh, and over the last, I'd say, f- three to four years, I've really been making the transition more and more to, to just kind of uh, traditional entrepreneurship on top of being a lawyer. I'm uh, working, I'm offering an online course, work out a bunch of other resources to sell, things like forms, um, just all kinds of diverse things to really help entrepreneurs and especially help entrepreneurs before the point where they can afford to hire me or some other lawyer one-on-one. And that sounds like a great plan because a lot of times the uh, the 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 lawyership costs so much for for people who are budding and just getting started, uh, or even not even just getting started, but haven't factored in those costs to to their operations, you know, going forward for their business. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll be honest. I would have a hard time affording myself. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can relate to the problem, but but really what, what drove me down this, this path was I kept seeing a, a, a pattern that repeated itself over and over again. And that was, I would have a client or a potential client who would approach me after something had blown up in their business, after there had been this big, huge problem. And it was some mistake they'd made, say, five years earlier. And it was the kind of mistake that, hey, I I would have seen it immediately. I could have given them some education and said, hey, don't do that uh, earlier. But I couldn't fix it once it had already blown up. So I said, hey, let me try to come up with some resources to help people help themselves until they get to the point that they can really afford a lawyer. Right. And so so let's talk about that, like the the business model. Um, So are you – would you say primarily working through the courses with people or are uh is it like a 50 50 split between working with clients and it's all over the place it's hard to say i mean i've got a lot of stuff going on so i've got you know i still have some residual litigation matters going on i've got some advising work i do with some people i've got some one-on-one consulting on stuff i've got courses i've got free resources so uh, you know, I, I honestly haven't run my books and 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 to look at it, but uh, it's a mix of everything right now. Well, yeah, I that uh, I, the, how how long does litigation get tied up for? How many yeah, how uh, many years that are we talking about here? Well, well so I, I mean, I, I wrapped up a lot of my things, but what happened was uh, it, it's not exactly a zombie case, but one of my um, old clients had an issue related to a prior case come up. And so it just came up recently. And so wanted me to take that on for them. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where they would have had to invest a lot of money to get another lawyer up to speed. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll work on that or work that matter for you. So I've got that going on on top of everything else right now. 
<laughs> That's awfully nice of you as you try to continue to make your your step by step transition. Yeah. Yeah. Um so okay, so let's talk about some of the the uh the first steps that you took when you decided to that you were gonna like I'm gonna make a transition out of just being a lawyer and into <coughs> excuse me, um entrepreneurship. Well, so I had kind of started to to lay the groundwork before I really made the tradition the transition. First, you know, I was just when I launched my own firm, I guess that was about four years ago now, four or five years ago. Um, and the problem was I, I'm a good lawyer, but I had no business sense, none. Zero zilch, not a, a lick of it. Uh, didn't know how to find a client, didn't know how to do anything else. And so I started off by thinking like a lawyer and marketing like a lawyer, which is a horrible thing to do. That involved like uh, writing articles to be read by other lawyers, sending a newsletter to other lawyers, going to networking events with other lawyers. I mean, that's not exactly a great way to find clients. I'm talking to my competitors. Um, so it was not working to say the least. And so I started dabbling and trying to figure out what am I doing wrong? What could I do instead? Um, and, and when I did that, I first was reading books about marketing for lawyers. Again, luckily I woke up at some point and said, stop doing that. And so I basically said, if it says lawyer, it has to do with lawyer. I'm not going to read it anymore. And I started just reading marketing books and that led me to inbound marketing. Uh, a fun fact about me, I'm HubSpot certified. I'm probably one of the few lawyers in the world who is HubSpot certified in inbound marketing, but I am because I was trying to figure it out. And so I started doing that and I started dabbling. But at that point, I was just trying to do like pay-per-click advertising and things like that to bring people to my law firm business. Um, and then I guess it was a couple years ago. I just, you know, I realized that I wanted to try to do something different than what I was doing. I didn't control my own life because I was trading dollars for uh, hours. And not only that, as a lawyer, you are just a high high paying or high priced service industry employee. And so I was at the whim of my clients, but not just my clients, opposing lawyers, judges. So I had to cancel all these vacations or not go on vacations because of these things. And I just got tired of it. So I, I was um, lamenting that to a, a coach, kind of a, a I guess it would be a mindset coach is the best way to explain this person. And she, and she said to me, well, don't you think people might want to just pay you for your advice and pay you for, and she got me thinking about it and started down the road. And so, um, I started appearing on podcasts. I started working up a course. I started developing all of these things and looking around. And now that's what I spend my days doing. I mean, I, earlier today, I mean, I now have my own podcast. So earlier today, I was interviewing a person, ironically, about creating online courses, which was, of course, my first foray into the space. So, you know, I'm doing things like that. I'm thinking through uh, different marketing techniques. Like right now, literally, I'm 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 pondering the idea of a, doing a pay what you want model for um, a, a mastermind series that I'm thinking about, or not mastermind, a a masterclass series. So I'm thinking about things like that. That's literally what I spend my do my day doing uh, these days. No, I, I well, I, I think as uh, out of the box, I think that that could definitely work for you. Uh, you know, pay what you pay what you want and see what people come back with. I mean, as long as people take that stuff seriously. I mean, obviously, you have the chops in the background um, to to warrant the 
you know, like it's not free or basically might as well be free uh, model because the the advice isn't good. It's it's that way because I want people to actually get the help that they need without having to suck my time to do yeah. so. Yeah, and, and as you can probably imagine, the big the big challenge I often face is with um, getting people to realize there's an issue they need to think about. And so in some sense, that's kind of this pay what you want model is going to be more helping people spot the issues that they need to be thinking about. It's, it'll teach them the what. What do you need to be worried about? And a little bit of the how, but quite honestly, I realized a long time ago, most, most people don't want to do the how. Even if you teach them the how, they're going to say, okay, that's great, but can I just pay you to do it for me? And so even if, you know, even if people aren't paying me that much on that, it, it'll be great for bringing in other paying business. So th that's what I'm thinking about doing. That's why I'm thinking about it. It's also the new year. I'm thinking about being generous. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of things going on. If they wanted the how, they would go be a lawyer. <laughs> you yeah, know, well, or, or they would or they would go pay for a lawyer. Yeah. And, well, and quite honestly, here's the thing. If people are going to come into it, the people who are going to come into it and are going to say, well, I'm just going to take it for free. They wouldn't buy from me anyway. So it, it really doesn't matter. And this is a scalable resource. I mean, I'm thinking about doing this in webinar format. You know, my webinar, I can have 100 people. The chance that I'm not people and you know again maybe i will but uh you know i'll worry about that problem when it comes yeah no that's a that's a pretty good problem to have at that point exactly um so and so how long have you been in the entrepreneur space like from a timeline perspective you know i would say a couple of years now uh I, you know i i published my very first book uh it's been a little more than two years now since I published my first book. That one, though, again, I, you know, it was uh, not really thinking through. I made a lot of mistakes. I just started writing a book without thinking through how is this going to be useful to me. And I, I wrote a book that technically, I mean, it was an Amazon bestseller, but it was an Amazon bestseller in, in patent law or, you know, something like that, that, you know, it's kind of like um, I had to sell. I, and again, I don't know what the number was. I think I sold 20 copies within the first week and that made me a bestseller. So uh, <laughs> but so that was my first kind of foray in um, in actually selling something. And that was, like I said, a little more than two years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, that, and I think that's a, a great point to bring up about how when you're going through and, and thinking about like, I want to write a book because I want people to to identify me as X, Y and Z person. Um, you know, sometimes the book that we want isn't necessarily the book that we need to be writing. And and I mean, I've gone through that, too. Uh, you know, my first book and, and my second book, I, I, I rectified that and, and corrected and made a second, second one. Now, they, they do go together and, and, you know, both acclaimed or whatever. But but then I wrote a third book to, to make it a trilogy and it, it's like totally different but it's it's still in the same box it's just on the other side of it uh so I, I think giving that real aspect of like what is my brand what is my message how is this going to help me and how is this going to enable me to like say okay now i can go and speak to places um because i am that authority that has this book to show for like i committed to something i did it you know yeah yeah, well, and the first book, I, I mean, that first book I wrote was actually, I mean, it's it's called Patent Litigation Primer. So no one would ever want to read it unless they were in a lawsuit about patents. Or, ironically, actually, the real market for it are young lawyers who want to learn how to do that particular kind of work. I mean, that's the irony of what it's about, or, you know, the value of it. But I, I started out as just saying, well, I want to educate my clients because I had these clients, and, and it started, it was going to be a mini book, and then it grew and grew and grew. 
Um, but, but one of the things you said of identifying your brand and, and who you are and what you do, that's a big part of it. It took me forever to really actually niche down far enough. For a long time, I didn't even want to stick it, put a stake in the ground when I launched my business and say I'm an intellectual property lawyer because I was like, well, what if I miss out on this client or that client? Or, But the problem was, I mean, I was trying to do anything and everything for everybody, and so I couldn't talk to anybody because I couldn't say what I did. Even my my colleagues who were – or not colleagues, my friends who were lawyers didn't know what I did. They couldn't say, well, I'm going to send that kind of matter to Bobby because I didn't put you know a stake in the ground. But so I did that eventually, and I said, okay, well, I'm an intellectual property lawyer. And I was working with a business coach. She said, okay, well, what industry do you serve? I said, huh? <laughs> and she she thought I was – she was thinking telecommunications or something like that. And that's when I first said, well, entrepreneurs. But at first I was trying to say entrepreneurs and startups and throw pretty much all entrepreneurs in one one basket. But as you know, I mean you can't do that either because entrepreneur is a word that – I don't know, probably, I don't know, I don't know what the number, 50 million Americans would say they're entrepreneurs. Or a little, more a little and, overused, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so so it took me a while to finally figure out, no, what I'm talking about, the, the niche I want to be focusing on are, you know, uh, basically people seeking to be thought leaders and entrepreneurs in that space online and help them with their legal issues. So it took me a while and it was an evolution for me. And that's part of the reason my last two books, I've written two of them. Neither one of them would I really use as a sales piece today. I mean, one of them is still kind of relevant, but not really. I, I, I like you. I'm thinking about a trilogy. I'm thinking about a third book these days. And and yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think having that that uh, that complete circle or or that equal number it really helps, right? Like when you, you'd be like, I I mean, I got friends that have written several 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 books, and um, but I I you know for me I'm like I got the three, and now I'm working on my fourth, and that's a, a business book because that's the the new you know I mean when you signed up to be on the show, it was called the Dreamers Podcast, as you can see yep. behind me, yep. Uh, yep. and now it's no longer the Dreamers Podcast because. Uh, and, 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 you know, for anybody listening, they can't see the award that's here. I'll put it in front of my face so you can kind of it's read very, what it it's says. Very, it's very pretty, yeah. Thank you. Podcast award winner. 2017 pod, yeah, podcast, podcast uh, award winner here. So for business. For business. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, I, I think um, understanding that, that concept of, like, you know, when you're in that situation – you want to make money, right? And you haven't figured out like, well, where's the the path to the money, right? And you're like, well, I'll do anything that I can to do that. Um, but then again, like if people don't really understand what it is that you do, like when the Dreamers podcast came out, right? Great example. It was just like, I interview people who live their dreams. Awesome. Let's inspire people. Yep. It was inspiring me because I had no idea what I wanted. Yeah. Transition to like two years later, I had the tagline, business lessons from those who live their dreams. All of a sudden, like a lot more people got it and they understood. And I even understood what I was actually doing all that time. And then we changed the name and people just get it right. So it's an evolution. You have to go through that process. You have to learn from what it is that you actually want to get there. Just in the case like you, where it's like, well, who who am I trying to hit? Yeah. The, the, the sad, I think that's so true. The sad thing is, uh, one of the people who I interviewed on my podcast, one of the questions I, I ask, I don't have a lot that I ask that are kind of can, but I have a couple. And one of them is, you know, uh, I, I try to ask a variation on if you could give yourself or if you could give an, a, an entrepreneur who's just starting out advice, what's the one piece of advice you could give? And she said, well, you should start your business three years before you want to make any money, <laughs> which I was like, 
That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah. You know, if you're in one of these businesses where you're actually trying to build a platform and all that, you're right. And part of that is you're not going to know what, you know, you're not going to know what your message is. You're not going to do, you know, get that for a while. And part of it is just, you have to build your platform. You know, look, if, if you want to go out and, and make money really quickly, you can do it. I mean, I can go out and say, I, heck, I could launch a course tomorrow where I could teach people how to do Facebook ads, even though I'm not very good at it. <laughs> you know, I could probably launch a course and make some money at it. Um, but that's not a long, um, that's not something I'm going to make money at long term. So, you know, if you want to be authentic and make money in the long term and build a business, it's going to take you a while to do that. Yeah, it's going to take you a while to, to figure it out. I, I use, always give the example of like, so you can see I had the turntables behind me at DJ for a yep. long time. And when I first started buying records, I was like, I love trance music. I'm going to buy trance music. I went to the record store. I left with eight or nine of, of the 10 that I bought records were all house music. Totally different. <laughs> totally different genre. But, but and at the time, I'm like, wow, I thought I wanted this. And, and then what I ended up with was this. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and, and the same with just building and, and, and growing yourself and growing your, your message and growing. Like, why, like you know, you can do uh, a lot of, of good by sitting down and like, okay, I'm going to think about this and I'm going to go to my wife or my husband or, or whoever like I work with and say, well, how does this sound to you? What, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I think trying that out really helps. And, and in your case, going to those lawyers really helped, you know, uh, teach you that lesson that you needed to hear. Like, well, we don't know what to send to you because apparently you do everything and that's <laughs> – not good enough for for me to trust my client to go to you because it might not be the right you know uh, tunnel for them to to take. Yeah, and, and I, it was that, and, and you know, I have some other problems which are you know I, I have a you know I come from a profession where we literally make fun of people if they market. And so I was taught to really think of marketing and sales as a dirty word because that's what lawyers think. And so I had to overcome that on top of everything else. And, you know, so it, it took me a while. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of lessons you will learn along the way in building a business and doing all these things. And, you know, you have to kind of ignore the people with the pictures of the Lambos and the private jets who are trying to tell you that, you know, oh, you know, you're going to you're going to go out there and you're going to make millions. You're not. It's going to be a long road if you really want to build a real business. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that comes just down to the, the you know, a couple of words and, and one of the big words being relationships. And that's what, yep. you know, you going out to and building relationships with lawyers. I mean, that helps in, in some ways, but probably not to the level you are hoping <laughs> or, or trying to 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 matter uh, for your business. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't building the right relationships. And quite honestly, I, I mean, that was another one of my flaws. I had for a long time in er, the early part of my career, I was, um, you know, I engaging in business malpractice, not legal malpractice, but business malpractice and not keeping up relationships. Um, you know, I mean, I, I went to Harvard Law School. M my law school classmates are currently general counsels at a bunch of different places and in all of these powerful positions, not to mention the ones who are literally in Congress and can kind of make me feel like, wow, you know, <laughs> these people have done a lot. But, you know, I, I literally did not keep up any of them. I, I think I had like two friends from law school that I actually kept up with. And I'm out on my own on, in a business. Like, huh. You know, it would have been really good if I would have just kept these relationships in place instead of having to build them. And so I started, I said four or five years ago, having to kind of build from scratch. And so that's a piece of advice I would give myself back 15 years ago is, is you know, relationships matter. So keep them up.
They they absolutely do. And to softball it into the next question, how did your family take it when you were like, "Hey, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not doing. I I'm ready to move on to to something else." <laughs> well, it depends on who you mean by my family. Uh, my, my father has never quite understood what I do as a lawyer. I mean, my entire career. Uh, ironically, it's it's funny. He. Um, he doesn't like lawyers. He's a business owner, owned a chain of drugstores and didn't like lawyers because as the owner of a business, he got sued multiple times. Uh, and, and lots of things drove him nuts. Like his lawyer at the end of a case would, you know, go over and, and talk to the other lawyer and be friendly. And he, that my dad off. Well, you know, to me, I'm like, well, that's my colleague. I'm going to see him around. So I understand it. But so it took him a while to understand it. And he's still, you know, like, well, what if, what if this thing, whole thing doesn't work out? And, you know, what if this and what if that? And you spend a lot of money on your education. I'm like, yeah, my education is still coming into play. Um, my wife, on the other hand, has been a big supporter. She's always been a big supporter of me and, and said I can do whatever um, I want and believes that I'll be able to do what I want. She has believed in me more than I ever did, um, which is nice. So it's great. I had the support of the, the most important part of my family without question. Oh, hey, I, I, I've been there. I've been there. And I, I think that having uh, a supportive wife or husband or, or spouse or whatever is uh, the most, you know, the most important thing. Because, you know, when it comes right down to it, like we we have ourselves, right? Like we have to love ourselves more than like anyone else because we, we really only have ourselves. Like our parents or our, our brothers, sisters, whatever are not going to love us as much as we do. And, and the closest thing you're probably ever going to get to that is some a spouse, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, parents do, but it's in a different way, and it's it's still it's still not the same. Yeah, well, and and especially in if you are going into business for yourself, and if you are doing these these new kinds of marketing techniques, it's especially important, right? Because my wife has to understand that when I'm on Facebook or Twitter, I mean, I'm not. That's not me just, you know, spending time, you know, for myself. That's me most of the time, you know, thinking about marketing and thinking about those things. So it's working. Um, and that can be hard for her to understand. But, you know, she supports me and I explain it and she understands. If she didn't support me, she would look and say, oh, you're just, you know, you're just on social media all the time. And I'm not all the time, but she would say that. And, and you could see how that could become a problem. So especially if you're in a role where you are having to do things that can be time consuming. And again, you know, I, I, it's 830 at night as we're recording this, you know, and, and my wife, you know, I had to explain to her and, and she she understands. And she's like, yeah, I get it. And so there, there was no pushback or anything like that. She, you know, kind of I'm, I'm down in my I've got an office office, but I'm down in my basement office. She took my kid and took my, the dogs and made sure they're away. So we're not going to be interrupted. So, you know, it's important to have a support network like that. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially with the the fact that like the money situation can be tight when doing these types of things and uh, having that because you know the other thing about and the reason I say the family is different is because family like when you go home, if assuming you live on your own, right? You you're everybody else gets to go home, right? You got to go home and and you have to answer to your family, whether it's your yep. your wife, your kids, your husband, whatever that's who you got to answer to and uh and be responsible for and with so yeah no i i totally totally agree and and uh, i live the the the, a similar style uh with the with the support uh network there yeah and and it helps that in my case by making the transition and i mean really this happened when i went out on my own uh as a lawyer but but 
and, and really it even happened before that, but I made decisions in my life that mean I have not missed a single one of my daughter's checkups or her doctor checkups, right? And there aren't a lot of lawyers who can say that. A lot of my friends, they have, you know, they're making good money, steady, no, you know, they don't have anything to worry about in that regard, but they don't like their lives and their wives don't like their lives. And so it makes it easier when I have this life that, that I appreciate that makes me happy, but also makes life easier on my wife. And so I think that's part of the reason I get the support I do. Oh, absolutely. Being, uh, I mean, that's, but that's, it also comes with, and I was just talking to somebody about this today about like the investing the time, you know, and the money now versus like, you know, investing the time to hopefully have it when you have your health. So you're trying to shorten that gap, uh, from later on in life, having the time. But, uh, with that said, and, and having such all that, that awesomeness to be able to like make your, 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 your kids doctors visits and all, um, what's your hobby to disconnect? <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a few. Um, I, I brew beer, uh, which I love doing. Uh, haven't done it enough. I'm actually going to try to do that this weekend because, uh, well, part of that is luckily my wife loves my beer. And so she really wants me to brew some more, but, uh, that's one of them. I, I play poker, which is one thing I really enjoy doing. Um, and, you know, I, I actually enjoy reading and I forget that sometimes I sometimes forget how much I enjoy reading, but, uh, I actually periodically I'm in the middle of this right now. I'm in a TV fast. So I'll go a month where I just say, I'm not going to watch any television. And it's amazing. I get back to reading and I love it. And, and then somehow life gets in the way again. But so those are the big three that I would say I enjoy doing. Oh, I'm glad that you had an answer for that. A lot, so a lot of, I guess, don't sometimes have that that answer, let alone <laughs> well, right away. <laughs> come on. If you don't have your answer to that, then you're not living your dreams. Come I on. You, you need agree to know more. what your hobbies are. <laughs> you got, yeah, it's all about the reset the switches, man. You got to be able to, to know what they are to hit that, that reset switch to, to refresh yourself and keep yourself in the game uh, yep. long term. Um, so what, what's your, your road yeah, what's your roadblock? What's your, what's been your biggest roadblock, uh, along your journey? Uh, well, I mean, I think I have a couple of, one is the one I mentioned early on, which is that, uh, as a lawyer, I was trained to think that marketing and sales were dirty words. So, so that was a huge roadblock, um, because it prevented me from doing a lot of things I needed to be doing. Um, and, and even today I often will you know, kind of bristle at things because it seems, oh, that seems salesy. And, and it's not even that salesy. I mean, it's just not not in any way, shape or form. But to me, it just feels that way. So that's one of the big ones I've faced. Um, you know, the other thing that I face is that I am in a space with online entrepreneurship where my story is very different, right? The, the typical online entrepreneur and the way that a lot of people are coached to handle these things and to tell your story is, well, and let me back up. Most of these people who are in this space, they're basically teaching people who are, say, a year behind them or two years behind them or five years behind them on the same journey. And, and so that's what a lot of this is built on. Well, that's not my, you know, that's not my story. I'm not teaching lawyers. I am teaching someone based upon this expertise. So kind of translating that has sometimes been difficult. Uh, but it's something I enjoy trying to figure out. Um, but that's it. And then, look, there's the obvious things that everybody faces, you know, trying to to figure out. And I think the big issue that we face now, it's it's weird. It's been a huge shift, I would say, probably in the last 30 years. 30 years ago, your problem was trying to get enough information. 
right? I mean, you, you, your business book was, well, what is Barnes and Noble in my in my in my town and my library have? And that that was it. I mean, that's what you got. Uh, today, the problem is we have so much information and figuring out what to actually believe and, and what to just say, no, that's just, you know, that's utter trash. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, look, I'm self-published author twice. Uh, you know, I took pride in my books, but, you know, I bought some books. I'm like, really? Really? I, I just paid, you know, <laughs> I didn't pay much. But like I, I paid for this. <laughs> Um, so that, that's one of the challenges, but I think that's a challenge everybody faces now is trying to get through all of the junk to the actual value. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it can be tough. I mean, fortunately, uh, for me, I don't have that problem cause I don't read books. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think that, uh, I, I think that's very, a very valid point. Uh, you know, when, even when I talk to like kids and stuff at like different, uh, like events, uh, things, you know, I, I try to explain them like you guys have and girls have such a, you know, you want to learn something, you go to YouTube and it, there's probably eight videos on how to do whatever it is you're looking for. Um, it, you know, it, it, it just cha- it's such a game changer as far as information and way ways you can take that information, whether it's a podcast or video or all the countless blogs that are out in the world, uh, the books that are written and, and getting that, that stuff, uh, you know, getting stuff that's like actual quality. I mean, it can be tough and, and maybe just maybe, maybe that's the reason that, um, you know, some of the people that were, that were already like at the top have, have surged even further because there's that much more trust factor because there's that many more people that are able to talk about it. Like the, Tony Robbins of the world and things like that. Like it, it, it amplifies that message like that much more. Yeah. You know, I think that's true. It, and you make that comment about, you know, talking to, to younger folks. I mean, the funny thing is all of that stuff's great. I always have to mention the real problem with the, the information age is we can no longer have bar room um, arguments. I've heard because, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause yeah. I mean, now it's like, well, I'll just look it up on my iPhone. I, you know, I, there's no reason to have an argument. Just about Google it. it. Yep. Uh, but you know, look, I think your your point about the credibility factor is true. It's it's really interesting when you look at a lot of, you know, kind of the top level folks. They are, you know, they're referring to each other and talking about each other. So you can get that. But so, for example, at one point, I was just trying to, I, I was trying to figure out if I could maybe use LinkedIn. At really as part of my strategy and um, a social media strategy. And I still haven't figured that piece out, by the way. But so I was trying to do that. And so I think I asked somebody and it was when I was appearing as guests on podcasts when I was first starting to do that. And there was and I don't remember his name, but there was someone who I kept following. Literally, I would be on a podcast like the week after he was on it and he was all about LinkedIn. And so I reached out to him. And I asked him, hey, are there any good books? And he couldn't really recommend any. And I only did that because literally I think I'd bought a couple. And I mean, they were the kind that I was like, I know more than this and I know nothing about LinkedIn. (laughs) Um, But so there are still spaces where you can't really get that information. And it's out there, I'm sure. But the problem is when I do a Google, you know, an Amazon search, I get 150 results and and finding the good one is is still hard sometimes. You know, it's not the case in a lot of areas, but some places it still is. Yeah, I, well, I, and I think that the the reason that people want to do those basic, the more basic, because like LinkedIn probably changes, you know, a couple times a year, uh, combined with the fact that you want the book to be accessible to the most amount of people, and like the most amount of people don't have that experience on LinkedIn or or any of the social media. So it's like the gateway, you know, because if I write this high level book. A, it's going to change. I'm going to have to change it a lot. B, 
there's only going to be a handful of people that could that can do it and once you get past the basics there's probably only like a 10%, you know what I mean? Like a 10, like 10% jump at that point to get to a hundred percent of understanding it. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a hard, probably harder 10% because you got to understand a lot more things, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I could see it. It would be a difficult sell. I think like if I was thinking about writing said book. Yeah. And look, I think it's, 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 I think it's a, it's a good point you make. And I often forget that, you know, I, even though I, I feel like I don't know, enough i actually have really immersed myself in these things so i'll take online courses and it's the same kind of thing so i, I mean i i've i've actually taken online courses from i'm not going to mention who but some of the really big names on topics like list building and podcasts and things this like that this is a mouse and this is how we move the mouse to to yeah. go to the browser <laughs> i mean it's not quite that bad but it all in linkedin.com <laughs> yeah literally one of these courses i mean it was a podcasting course, and literally there's a whole video on, like, unboxing a microphone. I was like, really? Uh, and again, I, I but I forget, you know, so I, I don't know, uh, my marketing automation and, and sales, I use ClickFunnels. And so I signed up for it when I did. Um, by that point, I'd been doing a lot of these things a long time, and I signed up. They had this, like, quick start program where you got these five kind of sessions with people. And, they got, and like, on the first one, he's like, wow, you're pretty advanced. I was like, Really? Because <laughs> again, I didn't feel like I was, but his point was I had by that point already spent so much time studying because look, I'm a type A personality. I'm an analytical guy. And so I already knew a lot of this stuff. And so I think you're right. I, maybe I just have too high a standards for, for these things. Well, and you know what? The other thing is making them comprehensive. You yeah. know, that's, that's another thing. It's like you're lowering the bar of, of entrance for, for people that like, maybe they didn't have that experience or whatever just yet. Cause they have, they, maybe this is the first course that they bought, like yeah. their first foray into it. So it's better to cover it than for people to be like, well, I bought this thing on LinkedIn. I didn't understand anything that was going on there. And it didn't talk about anything that I understood. Cause like I needed to know about the mouse first. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I just heard about this LinkedIn thing yesterday, so I don't know. Well, well the funny thing is that I, sh I should bring them home because I think I actually did buy like Facebook advertising for dummies. I think literally that was like one of the first marketing, like, and not the first marketing, but it was an early marketing book I I bought, and so I still have books like that. And and so there's a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and there's definitely uh you know a good a good market for that. Again, that's a wider, broader market, um for sure. Uh, probably a noisier market at that. But <sighs> Bobby, what was your childhood dream growing up? You know, people ask me that, and I have a tough time with that because I really don't remember. Um, you know, I think I think growing up, I probably thought I wanted to emulate my dad. Uh, and, and be like him and own that business. Um, but pretty quickly I realized I didn't, uh, he, like, like I said, he owned a, a chain. He and my uncle owned a chain of drug stores in deep South Texas where I'm from. Um, and, and I don't remember having a dream, uh, it, it until, you know, I decided I want to be a lawyer pretty early. It was in high school. I started doing public speaking. I, I was a, in, in debate and then mock trial and all these different things. And so by my sophomore year in high school, I pretty much decided I want to be a lawyer. At the time, I was sure I was going to go work for the ACLU and fight for justice and I, I don't know what else. Um, but, you know, that was that's really the first dream I can actually remember, uh, strangely. And 
you know, I had a pretty warped view of what lawyers do at the time. Um, you know, I, I thought it was this, you know, Perry Mason moment instead of, you know, sitting around with boxes and boxes of documents and, and then, you know, fighting with people all day. <laughs> yeah. It, well, you know, being young and not, and not being around a lawyer, did you know anybody that was a lawyer? Uh, not well. I mean, so like my dad, my dad had some friends who were lawyers. Again, this is what I, what I think is funny. My dad always tries to say his best man in his wedding was a lawyer and he lived like in Oregon. So I didn't see him very often, but my dad would always say he was an appellate lawyer. It was his kind of lawyer. He's like, Oh, and that's why I did do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, at the time I didn't realize it, but no, no, my dad didn't even know what his best man did, what kind of law he did because he's just wrong. And, you know, I've had that discussion with him. Um, you know, but really the problem was I ironically chose an area of law that was just not suited for my personality on top of everything else. Initially, I started, I started my career as a lawyer doing litigation, basically doing lawsuits. And it really means you end up fighting with people all day about stupid, stupid stuff, not the merits. I mean, I'm not talking about fighting about the merits of who should win. I'm talking about I fight with them about whether they're going to give me, you know, make another copy of a document because the one they gave me is illegible. I mean, I literally had to, like, at some point in my career, have fights with people about that, go to the court, fly down to Florida from Washington, D.C. to argue and have the judge say, yes, give them an illegible copy of a document. Like, this is what my life was like. I mean, just think about that, that that's the kind of things that I spent my day doing. And it's just not fun. You know, there are some people who love it, who love the fight and just love fighting all the time. That's not me. <laughs> that was never me. Like, I love having an argument to have like a, a, a an honest intellectual argument, not for the sake of fighting. And so that was a mistake I made. And, and again, I didn't know it at the time, but it's something I would really advise people really think about what your career is, what you will be doing. And does it suit your personality? That, that's a piece I think a lot of people miss. Uh, no, I, I absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I I've written about it pretty extensively in my second book, but I, you know, I, I think that it does, uh, the, the personality aspect of it does need to come into play and what you're, but th that's all about self-awareness. And some people just, they ignore the self-awareness um, until, like, you know, hopefully they have an epiphany at some point in their life where they're like, man, I should really get better at doing these things. And it starts with getting better at, like, questioning yourself and questioning your motives and questioning everything about your what you do and why you do it. So, um, yeah, and then I think the next – but the next piece then is – you can't then be afraid to make a change like that. And I should have mentioned this was one of my big obstacles, I think, was, you know, it's some, like people kept saying, yeah, but, you know, you spent, you know, you spent all that money and you went to Harvard Law School. And so there's just like you got to keep being a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of the thinking. And so at some point you have to be willing to say, you know, it, it maybe it, you know, I can find another way to use that. So it wasn't a waste, but that I actually enjoy doing. And so, I mean, I think you have to be willing to make those hard decisions too. No, I, I absolutely agree. And I think that it's great that you're, you're trying to utilize it to help a base of people that um, could use it because of the fact that they need, uh, you know, they, they might not have a ton of money when they're doing it or, or they're just getting started or whatever. So I, I think that, uh, I, I, I think that's really admirable, uh, especially from coming from a lawyer. <laughs> that's, that's really awesome. <laughs> hey, we're not all bad. Come on. Hey, I I didn't say anything about all lawyers being bad. I I would never I would never try to group a whole um 
industry of people into that into that boat but um with that said i i do know what you were talking about when you were saying about the marketing like the lawyer marketing and like the whole like are you have you been injured in an accident <laughs> like yeah. yeah yeah and and i, I, I yeah literally i mean there, there's a I mean, we you know and it's not just lawyers but people call those lawyers ambulance chasers and that's not meant as a nice thing it's meant as a term of derision and so that's the thing i mean it it, it really took me a while to get over it i mean heck there are some like places where if you're a member of their state bar i don't want to say it's impossible to advertise but it's also it's almost impossible you literally have to submit anything you want to print to them to review before you can put it out and just think about that for a second i mean how do you do that in the online world i mean you just can't very very it would it slows the process down for sure um (laughs) but you know hey i wouldn't have to hear about and i'm not even gonna go and say the names of the lawyers (laughs) that i have you know because i listen to sports talk radio so all day long that's all they, they 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 it's like the same four uh the same four lawyers over and over and over again Tells you something about who's listening to that that radio, I guess. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm listening for the sports. I ain't listening for the lawyers. <sighs> with that said, with all that said, what are your dreams for the future uh, shaping up to be like, Bobby? You know, my my dreams for the future are, um, you know, I want to continue to expand my um, my online business. I've got a lot of uh, dreams for how to do that, and really visions for it where I can. Um, have it it, a lot more automated than I currently have it. Uh, A lot of what I'm doing now, I'm still having to do, you know, things and a lot of work and I want to nail my message and nail all those things. So it really can get to the point of being on autopilot. Um, But, you know, I'm also what I'm doing as part of this transition is building up a base of folks um, on a true retainer style. I kind of think of it as a lawyer on call where you get, you know, you're basically pre-buying 30 minutes. It had started 30 minutes, basically in 30-minute increments of my time at a discount, a huge discount, basically off my normal rate. And it's use it or lose it. Like if you don't need it in a month, hey, you know, you spent it, but you at least knew and you could have gotten me on the phone and asked a question um, because that's the, you know, that's the ideal thing. If I can get a bunch of people with just kind of this recurring, you know, revenue and and can do that, that's one of the things. But you know, that's all business really uh, from a broader perspective. My, my dream is to be able to balance my life uh, between the different parts that are important to me. And that, that's my work. That's my family. And that's my uh, kind of personal development. And, and it's a lot of things all in one. Uh, I have things that I've wanted to do forever that I I just haven't gotten around to, like learn to play the guitar. I play the bass, but I really want to learn to play the guitar. You know, just things like that that I just haven't gotten to. And so I want to live a fulfilled life. That's my dream at the end of the day. Uh, that's awesome. I It shouldn't be that hard for you to learn the guitar, I would think. I mean, I know the bass is a much more like simplistic uh instrument to play but there's no chords and again i probably could pick it up pretty quickly but it's just you know i've got a it's kind of like when people are like you know the podcast it took me a lot longer than it should have for me to launch my own podcast because it was always people people said oh i think you should have your own podcast i'm like yeah yeah i got it that's on my list somewhere but you know it's so there's there's a list of things i want to do and and you know it's figuring out the ones that i have time for and the ones that i don't Oh yeah, no, believe me, I have a, a a huge Evernote file of ideas of things that still don't exist, not just from me, but from anybody. And I just <laughs> the time, the commitment to it is not there just yet. So yeah, 
Hopefully yeah. at some point it will, but you know, it, it, you have to pick and choose your battles because there's only so much time to go around. Yep. So, Bobby, how can people connect with you online? Uh, so there's a bunch of different places. Uh, if you are uh, someone who's in the space who's trying to get some do-it-yourself legal uh, advice, the best way to go about is uh, my that company's website is Your Online Genius. So you can just go to www.youronlinegenius.com. I've got free guides. I've got a lot of different stuff you can pick up there and, and, and get yourself started. Uh, it'll get you on my email list so you kind of get into my world and, and you know, you'll find out about that. Um, I'm most active on Twitter. I'm just at Bobby Clink, and that's B-O-B-B-Y-K-L-I-N-C-K. Um, I tweet not a lot about law, a little bit about law, mainly about uh, business issues. Uh, sometimes I, I uh, you know, uh, tweet about things going on in my life. Like, uh, I tweeted about an hour and a half before we started today about how I was watching boss baby with my daughter. In I was watching that too, actually. Yeah. I, I've never seen it before, but my, my wife had it turned on when I was coming home. Yeah. It seemed pretty so funny. I, yeah. I mean, we had, I had watched it before with her and this morning. She said, Oh, we're going to watch boss baby today. When I, when you get home from work, I said, Oh, okay. And then ironically, my wife reminded me, she's like, Hey, don't you have that podcast interview tonight? I was like, Oh yeah, I do. So I, I figured out how to get here, watch it, uh, and get it done. But so I, you know, I tweet about that. And so I just, you know, I, I try to say things like that. So that's where you can engage with me. Um, those two places you'll find me. Um, if you want a lawyer man to represent you, it's clinkllc.com. That's K L I N C K L L C.com. We've got resources there, but also you can set up a consultation with me if that's what you're looking for. Absolutely. Well, I will definitely have those in the show notes at superjoeparo.com for everyone to go and check out. And, and obviously, I, I recommend that they do if they have those kinds of questions. And uh, just real quick, just to recap, the, the kind of questions, what are the kind of questions that the, the these entrepreneurs should be looking to ask you? Ooh, there's a lot. I Actually, I'm... <laughs> What, what, what I'm in the process of right now is creating a, a new lead magnet that's basically going to be a blueprint that's going to kind of walk through, here are the big issues. And um, so it, it starts with a basic question of should you should you start a corporation? If so, what kind? Um, so that, that's a first question. Then there's thinking through things like uh, the name for your business and what do you need to do to make sure you can use that name legally? And that's a trademark issue. Then there's um, one piece of advice I give people, um, and if you listen to me for any length of time, you're going to hear this many times, is if you have an agreement that matters to your business, get it in writing. doesn't need to be written by me, but get it in writing from someone. Write it down yourself. I don't care who writes it down, but write it down and sign it. Um, that's kind of lawyer insurance. Keep keep me away. Um, you know, then there's issues like how do you avoid stepping on landmines of, of getting sued for copyright for um, those kinds of things. And so I, I give people advice on that. Um, how to protect your confidential information, things like your customer list, any secret sauce you've got. So I give people advice on that. What do you need on your website? Terms of terms of use, privacy policy, those kinds of things. That's kind of the realm of things that I'm generally dealing with. But I, I deal with a lot of other very specific questions. Um, like I said, I'm I'm developing a new lead magnet. It's going to be about that. And, and I mentioned earlier that that pay what you want master class series is actually going to be about this. It's going to be kind of walking through. I'm thinking it's going to be an eight part series where I'm going to really walk through here are the issues and kind of walk through the thinking. And like on, for example, on the corporations, I'm going to do more than just tell you that I'm going to actually go through and discuss it with people. So, cause that's what I find is a big problem is entrepreneurs just don't know what they don't know. 
Mm-hmm. No, I mean, everybody falls into that, that unknown, yep. unknown uh, exactly. bucket that was termed a long time ago. Um, no, I think that's awesome. And, and, uh, so definitely go and go and check out Bobby's website. One more time. What's the web address? So your online genius.com, uh, is the, the basic place to go. And depending on when this goes live, you will probably find that my blueprint or what I'm, whatever I'm going to call it, that kind of walks through all these issues will be the primary lead magnet I'm going to have. So you'll see that. And that'll be a place where you can easily grab that. Awesome. Well, again, they will be in the series show notes at superjoeparo.com. Uh, Bobby, I would love to have you on the show again at some point, like in a year or so to check in and see how you're making out. And, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Is there any last thoughts you'd like to share before we wrap up here? Yeah, well, it's been my pleasure, but what I would say to people is, and this is kind of what I always like to say to people is don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And I apply that throughout my business. Take action, even if it's not perfect, whether it's about law, whether it's about marketing, you know, if you actually act it's going to be better than sitting there and tinkering and tinkering and tinkering and never acting. So that's the the piece of advice I give to everybody. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that because, uh, you know, it, it is it, it's easy to get that analysis paralysis uh, and, and sit around and, and, and end up doing accomplishing nothing. Yep. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode of The Business Podcast with me, Super Joe Pardo, and my guest, Bobby Klink, Please share it with somebody that you care about that might be able to get something out of this. Uh, share the show. You can hit the subscribe button on wherever you're listening to on this, uh, you know, the show on. Um, and uh, yeah, just just share it with somebody else. That uh, that would really uh, mean a lot to me and mean a lot to Bobby. So, Bobby, thank you again. I really do appreciate your time. And uh, everybody, have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Business Podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. Get more business content at superjoepardo.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on The Business Podcast, send an email to joe at superjoepardo.com. The Business Podcast is copyrighted to 234 Solutions, LLC.